Uh, welcome as we once again come to worship today. Um, we begin today uh, with a sentence of scripture from the prophet uh, Micah um, towards the end of the Old Testament. Um, and right at the very end of this book, he says this, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You'll tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham as you pledged an on oath to our fathers in days long ago. That little end of the prophecy shows the faithfulness of the God that we worship. A God who is faithful and just and does not hold um, our sins against us, uh, but forgives us of them whenever we come to him. And that's a part of what we do collectively uh, as we gather here together. And we're going to hear God's word from Psalm 121 today. Today's reading comes from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let's pray as we begin. Uh, Father God, thank you for your eternal word, a word that speaks truth and life into the very depths of our being. Uh, Lord, today as we look at it, may it be your words, not my words, um, that speak uh, and call us um, closer to you. In your name, amen. Uh, last week, we uh, started a new series, The Journey, uh, looking at the Psalms of Ascent. These Psalms that the nation of Israel would have sang uh, on their pilgrimage and their journey every single year on the way up to Jerusalem. These were psalms that were abiding in them as a nation, um, psalms that taught the next generation who it was that they worshipped and why they worshipped Yahweh the Lord, the God, Jehovah. Last week the question that came out for us was, what abides in you? That this journey uh, was a long journey this pilgrimage is a long journey uh, for each one of us as we draw closer to God. It's a journey in one sense that we could say never ends. And that seems a little bit negative at the beginning if you think about that, but actually it's not. Because a journey with God, as we journey and explore God more and more, um, that journey gets deeper and more filled with fun and with joy and with laughter. Not to say that there aren't hard times in it, and we'll look at some of that um, today. I said last week that a guy called Eugene Peterson described these Psalms of Ascent as a long obedience in the right direction. That we had to set our face into this pilgrimage and this discipleship uh, and say that this was a journey that we were on. It's a decisive action to do it. I wonder, have you ever heard uh, a line like this? Whenever you become a Christian, things should get easier. Uh, isn't life always great whenever you follow God? Sometimes we hear those phrases, those sentences, those statements, 
And almost as if whenever we give our lives to Christ, whenever we start a journey with God, everything becomes absolutely rosy and easy and comfortable. And that's simply not the case. It's not a biblical promise. And that's not what has been promised to us in the Scriptures or from what Jesus told us discipleship and a journey with him would be like. Life has its knocks and bangs, and everyone is affected by that. Life has its knocks and bangs, and every single one of us is affected by it. And each one of us will go through those things um, differently. Each one of us will face different knocks and different bangs, and what maybe seems a, a small knock to you or to me is almost catastrophic for someone else. What almost seems unbearable for me or you, other people seem to journey through it that little bit easier. Because we each are unique and different, and so we will approach it differently. And how we get through these knocks and bangs will be different. Hands up if you can swim. I can swim just about, okay? So if you threw me in, I could swim to the edge, but I don't enjoy swimming, right? For those who can swim and for those who have tried to swim, do you remember the first time that you ever got into a deep water? You felt as if you were completely out of your depth. Water was all around you gasping for breath. Your arms and your legs were flailing probably all around you. It felt as if you were about to drown. But over a period of time, confidence can come. Over a period of time, as you learn to deal with that water around you, that sense of the feeling of drowning around you, confidence can come and you can become more competent and confident in your ability to swim. I wonder, in this moment, do you feel as if life is drowning you all around? Feel as if there's a moment where everything is causing you to have that feeling of despair or that feeling where you feel out of control or that feeling where it feels as if you're doing everything within your power. Your arms and your legs are completely flailing all around you, but you don't seem to be going anywhere. And often that's the way we can feel in our journey with God. That's how we can feel in so many different circumstances and situations in life. If that's the case, I think Psalm 121 is something really important to say to us today. See, in the first verse, it says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills, and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven um, and of earth. It's only dawned on me now that the first verse that was read was read by Heather Hill. We lifted up our eyes to the hills uh, this morning as she read us that. And where does our help come from? There's actually a phrase in there. There's something in below that question that at first glance and at first sight, it's not quite what it seems. See, those first two verses, I will lift up my eyes to the hills and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who is the maker of heaven and of earth. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to lift our eyes up to the hills then? Scholars uh, who are much more intelligent and better at this than me would say um, that as the People journeyed towards Jerusalem. As people journeyed in that culture, 
Often on the hills around them, around the main roads, would have been set up idols or Asherah poles, idols to false gods. And so pilgrims, people who were on a journey, would have glanced up and saw an idol to a god who would have, they could have went to and prayed for a specific thing. And as they prayed for that specific thing, then that god was supposed to help them. And so actually what the psalmist is saying is, whenever you're on this journey, Whenever you lift your eyes up, your help does not come from those false gods that are placed all around us by our culture and by ourselves sometimes. Our help doesn't come from there. Our help comes from the one who made the heavens and the earth, the eternal God, the one who is faithful and true. Our help comes from Him. My help as a disciple, as a pilgrim, comes from the Lord. I'm going to admit something publicly today. It's not often I would admit this, even privately. But I got lost once. <laughs> Just once. Uh, Church Warden, it's your responsibility to keep decorum in order. There's a heckler at the back. Oh, right. <laughs> Not much support in here for me then, is there? <laughs> um, but whenever uh, our girls were much smaller, um, we were traveling, whenever we lived in, in Dremore, we were traveling from Dremore to the north coast. Um, and I decided that rather than go kind of the main roads, I would take some of the more scenic routes. Um, through the county of Tyrone. Um, and on a map, I saw there was a village called Park. Has anybody ever been in the village of Park? Village is a big word for it. Okay? It's more like a townland. I got lost in and around Park somewhere. I had no idea where it was. In those days, your phone didn't have sat-nav and all that sort of stuff on it. You had a sat-nav... Um, that you stuck onto your windscreen in your car. The battery had died in it. I had no charging lead for it. And eventually, after having driven around a few times, I had to stop and ask for directions. Much, you can imagine the look that my wife gave me at that point, can't you? Um, and I had to stop and ask a lady who was in her garden, did she know how to get to X, Y, or Z so that I could find my way out? And actually... That's what this psalm is encouraging us to do. It's saying, you can't do this journey on your own. You'll get lost on your own. You need to ask for help from outside of yourself. You need to ask for help from the Lord. Because looking in the wrong place, no matter how well-intended, can only lead to disappointment. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said this, to deviate from the truth for the sake of some prospect of hope of our own can never be wise. However slight that deviation may be, it is not our judgment of the situation which can show us what is wise, but only the truth of the Word of God. Here alone lies the promise of God's faithfulness and help it will always be true and the wisest course for the disciple 
is to always to abide solely by the Word of God in all simplicity. That's why looking in the wrong place, no matter how well intended, can only lead to disappointment. And often we look to inside ourselves to find the solution for the journey of discipleship and of pilgrimage with God, and then we can find disappointment. And then we say, where did God go? What happened? Why was he not there? Can I gently ask, are we looking in the wrong place today, preacher included? Because verse 3 of this psalm says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That depicts what is something that is very, very simple, isn't it? He will not let your foot slip. That's an image of someone drawing alongside you and ensuring that you don't stumble. But it's so much more than that. So, so much more than that. Actually, it's so profound because on this journey of pilgrimage as these Israelites were doing and as we do it on our journey with God, it's a long journey. It's not an instant thing like we said last week. And so actually, fatigue sets in our our physical bodies. These people on a journey, on a long journey walking, their physical bodies would have found fatigue. They may have found loneliness, And eventually that emotional uh, tiredness would kick in as well. And sometimes that can happen for us in our journey with God. We can feel physically tired of doing the same thing over and over again. We can feel a sense of loneliness that is it just me who feels like this? Is it only me? And we can feel emotionally tired as well. But yet this psalm encourages us and says that he will not let your foot slip. He's going to watch out for you because he is a God of promise. So where are you looking to today? Because verse 5 says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forever. That is providence and sovereignty and all of those big words mixed in together. But in other words, it's the faithfulness and the promise of a God who does what he says he's going to do. And he will be there with you and with me. And the greatest mistake a Christian can make is to believe the lie that God's interest in you has waned. Somehow, he once was interested in me, but that's gone. He's moved on to someone else, someone newer and fresher in a journey with him. One of the greatest lies that the devil has ever told. God does not lose interest in you. He loves you beyond measure and desires to know you more and desires that you know him more. This road that we are on, this journey that we're on, it's a long one and it is a hard one. That's what the Bible says, not necessarily the preacher. The Bible does not give us a promise of comfort and of an easy life in following the Lord. But it does say the one 
who we follow can bring us comfort and can ease our sorrows. But it is the best one. This is the best journey you can be on. So lift up your eyes and look to the hills and see that your help does not come from those false places. As Eugene Peterson says, the creator of Genesis, the creator God of Genesis, one who spoke light into being, is the same God who desires to guard your step today. The creator God of Genesis 1 is the same God who desires to guard your step today. That blows my mind whenever I try to compute all of that. So where are you looking to today? A more better way of phrasing that is, what has captured your gaze today? Whenever we see a thing of beauty, whether that's uh, a piece of art, whether that's another individual who we have fallen in love with, whether it's a beautiful landscape or an amazing sunrise or sunset, we know that there are moments where the world around us will stop. We will stop. And in that moment, our gaze will be completely captured because of what we see. But our gaze is captured because we've allowed ourselves to linger in that place. So what captures your gaze today? Because what do you allow yourself to linger upon and your gaze to be captured by? We'll answer the question, where does your help come from? take some time to reflect and to pray. Father God, as we reflect on that phrase, what has captured our gaze, by your Spirit will you draw to our minds today those things that we have placed ahead of you. And in this moment, Lord, we want to say sorry that we have allowed those things um, to become the idols of our lives, uh, to take the place of you. And instead, would you sharpen our focus and intensify our gaze upon you or break into our lives today, spark our imagination or our attention today that our gaze may be upon you. As our gaze is upon you, Lord, remind us of who you are and why we worship you, that a God who speaks light into being, breath into humanity, is the one who desires to guard my steps today. Amen. Um, let's pray uh, as we finish.
Today we finish with some words uh, from Romans uh, chapter 15. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, capture our gaze on our imagination this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.